And how do y'all? I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie, and welcome to Sumo, Sumo Kaboom. Kaboom! Where we talk about all things sumo. That's right, and oh my god, I'm exhausted after that basho. I mean, we've all been through the ringer, haven't we, with like the news cycle and then uh, the last minute excitement. We will not spoil anything for you, but... Oh my God, it was so exciting, including our bingo. You want to talk about our bingo? Yes. We had like 10 bingos all on the same day, and it just was a matter of how quickly they got to us and told us, but also it was it was determined by like what wrestlers went first and mm-hmm. what gave people the bingo. So it was so exciting. Mm-hmm. Our Makuchi division winner was Cormac90 on Twitter. He was very, very excited. He's going As to... he should be, because that uh, yes. was a dynamite bingo. I know. He had a very good card. It was I mean, a it's... solid win. Yeah, it was Mitaki Yumi, Takakesho, Endo, Chiyotairu, and Terunofuji straight down. It was a beautiful, beautiful bingo. Our Jurya winner was Maharatina, and uh, she came in with like seven or eight others, and she just happened to beat everybody else by 10 minutes, I think she beat. Uh, Duena? Yeah, nine minutes. Yeah, yeah. Nine minutes. It's crazy. Y'all, if you want to know what it's like on this side doing bingo, we have to sit down and graph out. We have to check all of our social media accounts and email accounts and be like, okay, who sent us their bingo card at what time? We have to graph it all out so that we make sure and get the first person (laughs) who sent their bingo in. It's more complicated than you would think. I know. Or we're making it more complicated than it needs to be. But whatever the case, I'd like to hear more about our winners. All right. Well, let's chat about Cormac. He says he lives just outside London, England. So we have a a lovely Londoner who won. I found sumo one night when I was surfing the channels for some free sport. It's so simple. You can understand it straight away, but you can also see there's a lot to find out about it. He said he realized it um, it was the following night. And the night after that, he kept watching with all the same fighters night after night. And then he was just like, he was hooked. So <laughs> Sounds very much like my intro to sumo. Like, what is this? This is strangely entertaining. Yeah. All these guys are back for the same. <laughs> like, what is going on? This is so cool. And then you get hooked on the wrestlers. You want to yes. know more about them. So anyway, he says that was at the end of 2017. So Tochi Notion at the time seemed invincible. And then he won the U show. So he was his favorite Rikishi right away, he oh, said. Oh, Tochi fan. Yeah. And he's picked up some more, mostly because they look like nice people. Of nice course. chaps, as like he says. Like Kaisei. He says, Kaisei, Chiyomaru, always a good one. And Akisayama. I mean, those are all yeah, great. Yeah, that's like big, the trifecta of nice guys. Yeah, big, fairly nice guys. Um, or if they're smaller, he says, um, they've got to come up with like clever ways to win. So, you know, he likes, I'm sure, all of them, but those are his top. His top wrestlers. I bet that, like myself, Cormac really appreciates it when Kaisei offers his hand out. I know he's and such helps a gentleman. Back Ricardo, up on the doyo. Ricardo Sagano is so nice. Anyway, he feels like it's a privilege to be watching Hakaho in action with his incredible ability to handle anything, even though you know he's more on the tail end of his career. So oh, he's still here. He's still here. So he loves the seriousness and the tradition of sumo, but. He also loves the podcast and and the funny side of sumo Twitter, and uh, and so he says it's all a perfect balance. And y'all, if you're not on Twitter, 
the sumo Twitter world is quite funny. It's very, very funny. It's very witty. Like, it's... sometimes I go on there and I'm like, I cannot hang today. I'm not funny enough to hang with this gang. <laughs> it's a good bunch. All right, let's hear about Maharatina on Twitter as well. And she won Jurio. Yes, she won Jurio, the proud owner of a new Shodai autograph. She says she came into sumo in the 1990s when Akibono was Yokozuna and Takano Hano was about to become one. She said her parents got her started initially, but when Eurosport stopped broadcasting, she sort of lost track for a few years until her dad told her about NHK. And then she did a little research on her own and you know, how to figure out how to watch it again. And she did. She says her favorite wrestler was and is always Wakanahana. And these days she says she's a fan of Hakaho as well. She loves Wakataka Kage, but she's, she says she's not too sure about uh, her motives. So I don't exactly know what that means other than she, maybe she likes the way he looks. I don't know. She says she's really excited about Uder's return to Makauchi because mm-hmm. his sumo is just the best, mm-hmm. in her opinion. And she's hopeful for Hoshoryu, who is so very promising while still very, very young. So, yay. Oh, she says she also loves just everything about sumo, the excitement, the skill, the ceremony, the colors, and the community. Yay. Yeah. That's so awesome. And uh, like you, I'm very excited about Ura coming back. And I think we're going to have to do a spotlight on Ura as we get to the next Basho, yes. since he's going to be coming back up, because uh, I'd like to learn more about him. Me too. So congratulations, everyone. Thank you so much for playing. We also have a little honorable mention, which is Duena. Yeah, Duena, we're going to send you something really small in the mail. Yes, we're going to send you something in the mail. And uh, thank you, everybody else who bingoed, who let us know, who played. We have so much fun watching you guys play, seeing your cards, whether they're good or terrible, the jokes that are made. We are cheering you on. So again, thanks for playing. And we will again play in July. Yes. Now it's time for a news flash. We already kind of knew it, but it is official. Nagoya is still going ahead with their sumo tournament. It's going to have 3,800 fans. They are, though, is, like so excited. Because, this is the one in summer. Yes, in July, because they haven't been outside of Tokyo in forever. Scheduling question. Yes. You may not know the answer to this. The Summer Olympics, do they take place at the same time? Is there an overlap? It's right prior so to it. prior to the Olympics. Right. The Basho is prior to the Olympics. Yeah, okay. July 4th through July 18th, and the Olympics starts July 23rd. 23rd. Okay. Yeah. All right. A 3.5 meter long python. I don't know why this is all over the news, but it was kind of like a funny mix-up. Now, this python got loose, a very large, beautiful python, and its name was Aminishiki, which is very close to Aminishiki, who is a sumo elder. And the snake was on the run. It got picked up by the news, and I think people kind of confused it. And then they heard that, like, Aminishki's on the run. They don't know where he's where he is. Everybody was on the look for the snake eventually, and they later found the snake. But it was very funny for a little while. While Aminishki was, everybody was just checking in with me, like, you're, we heard you're on the run. We heard you escaped <laughs> from the Kokukikan. Anyway, that is the news on the snake, which I thought was funny news this week. <laughs> I enjoy um, I enjoy the more random things. Akisayama is going to have surgery on his 
mandible, which was broken, and he's going to have that surgery on June 1st. He was interviewed, though, and he seems that he seems like he can eat normally. They said he's doing fine, but they will have to either reattach the bone with wire, which I don't know. Does that mean he has to have his mouth shut for a really long time? Wired shut? I don't know. Where's the break? Do you know? I I know it's just the mandible. I think that doesn't say where. No, maybe right side, but I also might be making that up. Okay. Yeah. Um, Feel free to make up any entries I'll just you make like up today. A, why not? <laughs> why not? That's how we roll here on the podcast. We don't know. We'll, well make it up for you. Okay. Perfect. Abi won Makushita, which means he will be hopefully moving on up and. He's hopefully one day soon we will see him in Makauchi, but he continued to dominate. Also, another so exciting, super exciting win was Ura, who won Jurio. And this is the first time in this next tournament in July that he will be back in Makauchi again for the first time since 2017. He got injured with his knee and he fell down a few ranks. Then he got injured again and he fell down again in rank. And so this victory and return to Makauchi was one he said he didn't ever imagine happening. So good on him. It's really exciting. And um, congratulations to Ura, who I know is listening. Let's talk day 10. I want to start with Toby Zaru has had like a real rough go (laughs) so far. And again, this was just another on day 10 where he he at the end of it goes flying into the audience with just, I don't know, with a lot of flair. This is him versus Miyoguru. Miyoguru had a very powerful attack from the start and he pushed Tobizaru, who couldn't really recover from this initial blast. He tried to move Miyoguru back, but Miyoguru drove the entire way. Eventually, Miyoguru drove Tobizaru back and out and into the crowd again. And afterwards, this is the match where Tobizaru was so miffed that he barely nodded to Miyoguru. And the judge made him come back and do it again. And I've never seen that. It was like a parent who was like, no, 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 go say you're sorry and say you mean it. And it was just really interesting of all the wrestlers that like Toby Zotto had to come back and bow again to Miyoguru. I missed that. I totally missed that. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that. It was huh. interesting and just showed you a side. It's like a determination of Toby Zotto who was either mad at himself he was mentally frazzled at the loss and was so angry at himself. And he's had a pretty bad basho up to this point. So I understand where he's at. But he bowed and the judge was like, not good enough. That's not sincere. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, just thinking back on this whole basho and Toby Zaro, like he has spent a lot of time out in the audience. Like he's starting to seem like a yeah. Shakespearean greens player to me, you know? I don't know what that means. <laughs> like the people that walk around in the audience and do the pre-show entertainment. Oh. They keep, they like sing songs and, you know, do little skits out in the audience. <laughs> oh, but I was I like, would like oh, to see that from he's, Toby Zaru. He's, spending, he's out there. Yeah. Sing a song. But I thought that's, that's maybe a little too much time out in the audience, Toby Zaru. Yeah. A little more time up on the ring. Yes. A little bit, little bit more winning and staying in the doyo yeah. as opposed to out and in the audience. As entertaining as you are. Yes. yes. All right. 
Hoshoryu versus Hokuto Fuji. Hokuto Fuji was lightning fast off the Tachiai. Hoshoryu withstood it, though. Hokuto Fuji tries a powerful slapdown, but Hoshoryu stands very well grounded. Hoshoryu works himself inside but can't fully get there. Quickly, though, he steps to the side and goes for a headlock on Hokuto Fuji. He misses on that solid lock, but Hokuto Fuji is now lunging forward. So Hoshoryu is now behind him and pushes him out from the rear. I think this is kind of the day. At this point, Hoshoryu is five and five. But there's something different about Hoshoryu, this Basho. He's showing a lot of promise. His sumo's gotten smarter and it's gotten it's it's very exciting to watch. It's kind of electric, and I see a lot of improvement. And this is one of those matches where he went up against Hokuto Fuji and did very, very well. Very good smart sumo. Hmm. Asunoyama versus Mitakiyumi. All right, from the beginning, there was a huge blast from Mitakiyumi. Mitakiyumi gets right inside, left outside, and Asanayama gets the left outside, right inside grip within a second, very quickly. They are now chest to chest. Asanayama does a pivot and gets Mitakiyumi backing up, but Mitakiyumi is hard to move. So Asanayama lifts up hard on Mitakiyumi, steps to the side, faking kind of a throw, sort of, or, or it just doesn't work. And instead, he moves Mitakiyumi around a quarter turn again by sort of kind of pivoting on him. He keeps forcing Mitakiyumi to get his bearings again and again by continually moving him around the doyo by a quarter turn. So now, Asanoyama does a final big push and drives Mitakiyumi backwards and out. It was very nice, very nice sumo from Asanoyama. Agreed. Okay. Kiribayama versus Tadanifuji. Kiribayama. He tried to get a grip on Tedanifuji, and he does, but Tedanifuji is just like a huge fish on the line. He's not going to be easy to reel in. And plus, it's just like as easy as pie to Tedanifuji to immediately just get a deep right hand inside grip on Kiribayama. So Tedanifuji tries to throw pretty soon after he gets that grip. But Kiribayama does a good job resisting. Eventually, though, Tadanafuji gets him backed up, cornered, and with this massively stiff <laughs> Noruwa attack, he forces Kiribayama out. He's looking good, and at this point, he is 10 and 0. Okay, so at the end of day 10, that beautiful Tadanafuji record, Endo and Takakesho were behind two matches, 8 and 0. They were both undefeated as well at the end of day 10. So day 11, yeah, Sumo was the... Oh, wait, there was one other thing that happened on day 10 that we didn't talk about, and that is we here in America lost our full English commentating Sumo coverage. It disappeared on us. And so we only had the highlights to watch, and uh, it's just not as much fun. Yeah, or you have to wait like a full 24 plus hours to watch the highlights late, late at night on NHK. And sometimes those aren't even out, you know, even in a timely manner. So yeah, (laughs) it's tough. I mean, we depend on all sorts of resources to be able to watch our sumo. So it's a bummer when one of them disappears. But I understand. Yes, I wish there was just like a service we could pay for. Yeah, that would just be reliable and give us the full 10 hours of the or however long the yeah. tournament is on on, on demand day, on demand yeah. yeah so that we don't have to wait for a particular time in the day 
that we can just at any point after the Basho is over, we can watch however much of it we want whenever we want. Yeah. That's I've heard there's a world. way to do it, but you have to have like a dish or like a satellite. I was yeah. like, oh, geez. Oh, geez. Yeah. Nobody wants a dish on their roof. No, I just want to <laughs> on demand watch it the next morning yeah. in full. Okay. Day 11. Sumo was the small story on day 11. And that is crazy because we're in the middle of a basho. This was the day that the tabloid gossip hit the media. It was a little like standing in a checkout line, reading all the National Enquirer headlines. But first, let's talk the sumo, since it was the small story, okay? Really, there's only one fight I want to discuss on day 11. Taran Fuji, who was undefeated, going up against Miyogidu. As Terunofuji quickly bottled up Miyogidu and manhandled him with a beautiful Uwatanage, Terunofuji had one hand on his head. And in real time, it looked like a solid, straightforward win for Terunofuji. Easy ass. But as he was crouching down to receive his prize envelopes, there was a very late Manawi called. We watched a lot of replays trying to figure out what happened from all these different angles, and you could see that Terunofuji's fingers got tangled up in Miyogidu's hair on the way out, so the decision was reversed because of a hair pull. Terunofuji was not very pleased with himself. He would have had an 11-0 record, but Miyogidu got the win by Hansoku, and I always forget this term. Hansoku means hair pull. Yeah. You cannot. It looked to me like his hand just it got caught in there. Yeah. It didn't look intentional, but, you know, that's, it's legit. Yep. Even if your hand accidentally gets caught, it's still uh, a hair pull. It is. So it was a bad hair day for Terano Fuji. All the others, Ozeki won on day 11, even Asanoyama. And I mentioned him specifically because remember in Kanishki's interview when he said, Asanayama, he's got all the skills, but mentally he's not in the game. Mm -hmm. There's something happening mentally. Well, we found out part of what might be happening. I have to say he's the last person I would have thought. Yeah, it was very surprising. This. I think that's why it was so like huge. The news hit. Yeah. People were like, wait a second. Yeah. This guy? So the story, as far as I understand it, is that Asanayama was reported to have ignored the COVID protocols and had gone to a hostess bar, which is, and I want to stress this, is not the same thing as a gentleman's club in America. In America, a gentleman's club is really more like a strip club. And as I understand it, that is not what a Japanese hostess bar is. Have you ever been to one, Leslie? I know. I know what they are. Yes. But it's, it's also, it's a place where you go and you have a host or a hostess and they kind of bounce back and forth to different tables and drinks are ordered but it is a flirtatious affair it's flirtatious <laughs> yes it's but... not completely just like oh here's a hostess and here's your table i mean well, you have sort of like um... from what i understand you're paying for the privilege of spending time with a beautiful young woman who makes you feel attractive and funny. And the vast majority of time, there's nothing sexual happening in the club. So they might hook up afterwards, maybe if they exchange info, but it's not like it's not like a seedy strip club well, in America. Well, I'm sure that there are, though. Like, uh, There's a spectrum, but we don't know what, what kind of hostess bar he was at. There we go. We don't. 
this report came out that he was going to a hostess bar and that he did that a few days before this Basho began. And that's particularly dumb because it's so similar to what Abby did. Yeah. And we've all seen how Abby's career has really suffered because of that. And so to be an Ozeki and make that choice seems just not very smart. Anyway, initially, the report came out. Asanayama denied it. That's said he had problem, not had not gone. That he had lied about it. But at this point, I guess the story was actually credible enough that it ran in the newspaper and he actually said, okay, I was lying before. And so he got himself into a huge mess. And basically the JSA said, you're out of this basho and we will talk more about what this means for your career after we're done. We don't know any specifics about what's going to happen to his career at this point. He did sumo on day 11 and then promptly disappeared. Yes. It was very sad. The only thing I can say about it is like, look, there's there's all these guys that have been given this incredible privilege of being an Ozeki. And the higher up you get, the more whining and dining and socializing, the more freedoms you get. And he has not been able to enjoy the fruits of his labor at being an Ozeki. And he's a normal kid who like probably likes pretty girls and he wants to feel special. And yeah, that's really bad judgment when you're in that position. But like the instinct is a very natural one. And I think for him, he had a coaching switch, you know, like we were talking to Konishki about like when he was an Ozeki and he he had a switch of a coach whenever he became an Ozeki. And Asanoyama's coach, didn't he retire at 65 last year, right? Like prior to him becoming or right after him becoming an Ozeki. And you don't know about the dynamics of a new coach or if his old coach still hangs out or the connection he had with his mentor before and then maybe now he doesn't have that strong connection. I mean, we don't know. <laughs> what are you saying? He needed to blow off steam because of a new coach? No, I'm just saying that like maybe the guidance wasn't there from like he would have had before w- with the bond he had from his older coach. Oh, he didn't have like an older voice saying, think about what you're doing, son. Or yeah, or maybe keep him more in line protocols. to just be like, yeah, or to have a better eye on him. I don't know. He's an adult. He knows what the rules are. Yeah, of it course. just seems to me he was like, I'm not going to get caught. Yeah. He did exactly what Abby did. I'm not going to get caught. It doesn't apply to me. COVID's not a big deal. Whatever the reasons, he decided to do it. And it was dumb and he lied about it. Yeah. So at the end of that day, Terano Fuji only had a one win head. Head start, head lead. That's the word I'm looking for. Takakesho and Endo were right behind him with uh, a 9-2 record. And Ichinojo and Okinoumi were tied with 8-3. Mm-hmm. And can I just say, I love having Endo in the mix. Yeah, it's, it's great to see. It's been a while since he's been up this high in the mix. Yeah. Speaking of Endo, on day 12, I want to talk about him versus Kotoeko, though. Yeah! Because this was, wow, a really feisty Kotoeko. And he was not going to lose this one. He gets inside, and this little guy, he does the old Kotoshogeku, the old Gaburiyori belly bumps. And he belly bumps Endo immediately back and over the Tawada. So Endo... He truly digs in, though, at this moment, and he he almost 
is resisting with a deep, deep backbend, like a matrix backbend. And just when you think he's actually going to recover, Kotoeko finishes him off and he forces him back and out. And it was just like a really nice, unexpected win from Kotoeko, who yes. you don't always give credit to. He's a great wrestler. But yes, he is. I love him. Oh, I do too. But people don't talk about him as much as they talk about all the other higher ranked guys. And he's an incredible wrestler. I have to say, Kotoeko ends up... He ends up in my notes a lot. I'll often take him out just because it's not the most dramatic win or he's he's not putting up the numbers that some of the higher guys are. But I, I always notice this guy and he's great. Yeah. Okay. Hokuto Fuji versus Daesho. This was the fastest slap down I think I've ever seen. It was a one and done back to the neck deal to Daesho and Daesho was in the dirt. It was literally a tachi eye slap down. It, it happened so fast. But good on Hokuto Fuji. Daesha, that was his makikoshi. Yeah, he's Maki-ko- now 4-8 at this point. Yeah, which is wild. It is really wild that someone who just won a basho gets a makikoshi. Yeah, and I think actually Hokuto Fuji struggled too. And, and, you know, once the guys leave the stable and they have their regular lives and then, you know, they go home and they have their wives and Hokuto Fuji has a brand new baby. And I, and I kind of wonder about his performance and like going up the preparation into this basho with such a huge life change. Just imagine your sleep schedule. Just imagine what your life is like when you have a brand new baby. I feel like some of these guys, whatever their schedules were before, sometimes hit them hard in the middle of the Bashos and Hokuto Fuji is one of them, but I feel like Daisho in some ways struggling too to just kind of get his bearings. I don't know. To me, it's a wide open field. So somebody could rise to the top and then disappear for a while. Mm-hmm. And that was just one of those where I thought, ah, oh, Daisho, he was Komasubi too. So that means he's going to go out of Sanyaku. Like, that's a bummer. That's a big yeah. bummer. <laughs> but same with like Takanosho, just the same yeah. rough, rough go at it this time through. Let's talk about Shodai versus Takanosho. Now, Shodai is seven and five. We're all just kind of on pins and needles. Is this guy going to pull it out? Well, sloppy Shodai, <laughs> he did get the win this day. But it's always like when you're watching Shodai, he just looks like, um, yeah, like he's not attacking and he's just kind of on the defense, but he wins. But he wins on the defense at this magic, you know, this magic he has at the edge. Yeah, he escaped by uh, uh, his chinny-chin-chin that day. I feel like he always does. That's a good skill, I think. It is. Onosho versus Tenenofuji. Now, this was a very excited and energetic Onosho. And he has met with Tenenofuji, who is trying to go chest to chest to keep, you know, the thrusts from Onosho from continuing. He gets a left inside, right outside. And once Tenenofuji is set up with that grip, he lifts up and moves Onosho backwards and out. It's an easy win after yesterday's hair pull. Tadanafuji gets, you know, he gets his long arm grab and he's just toast within two seconds flat. And that was Onosho. And this was a big deal because Onosho had his number. Historically, it's been for Onosho four to one. So he's beat, he's consistently beat Tadanafuji in the past. So this was a big, this was a big win. At the end of day 12, Tadanafuji 11-1, Takakesho 10-2, end of 9-3. Day 13, Takayasu versus Miyogidu has got to be one of my sumo battles of the day. This was an isometric sumo battle that was long and extended. 
it did not seem like much was happening from the outside. There were some hands trying to sneak down to the belt inside. There were some arm blocks, occasional bursts of energy, but then they would get reset and do more isometric pushing. At the end, Takayasu got a hand on the back of uh, Miyogidu's neck, pushed Miyogidu, stepped out of the ring. I guess he was just like, eh, I don't need to fall down to the floor. You've got my neck. I've lost. So I'm just, I'm beat. I'm, st- I'm going to step out. Takayasu walked away with that win. Terunofuji took on someone much larger than him, and there aren't many that are larger than him. He took on Ichinojo, two big, huge Mongolians in the center ring. It's one of those moments where I imagine Mongolia is like, yeah. Look at those two big warriors. It took Terunofuji a second to get the belt hold he wanted, but once he did, he walked Ichinojo back and over the bales, gave him one final shove, snagging his 12th win. He really made Ichinojo look like a very tiny wrestler like Inho, the way he moved him. And that was what was striking to me, is just the strength of Terunofuji and lifting up Ichinojo. When does Ichinojo ever get lifted up and moved backwards? Like Not often. Not often. Nope. He's always operating Ichinojo looking down at people. So this must have been a shock to Ichinojo. (laughs) (laughs) This is a new sensation. Shodo got his kachikoshi on Shodai. Oh, sorry. You said Shodo. (laughs) Shodai got his kachikoshi I get my uh, vowels are very difficult for me in Japanese. I'll get them close, but not quite right on. It happens a lot as I study my Japanese. I get them all wrong all the time. Yeah, yeah. Shodai got his kachikoshi against Takara Fuji, and he just looked nothing but relieved. <laughs> and I totally get that. He I was, was like, relieved. Oh, finally, I got my eighth. I can relax a little bit. <laughs> and I have to say, I like how the Japanese announcers will say, Kachikoshi! Whenever they get their kachikoshi. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why in America we put the extra E on the end. Or maybe you I drop... They, it, they have it, you just don't think you hear it. Maybe it depends on where it is in the sentence. I don't mm-hmm. understand Japanese well enough to know when you drop certain vowel sounds and when you don't. But that's what I love watching in Japanese when they say kachikoshi! Okay, Endo versus Takakesho. And I gotta say, this was a nice matchup on day 13. These guys were second and third place, and they had them fighting each other on day 13. Who were you rooting for? Do you remember? No, I, I don't. Um, I don't root for one over the other. You don't? No. Uh-uh. Oh, I do. No. I mean, rarely. I usually am just happy to see whoever wins. I usually root for Takayasu, but uh, everybody else, I'm just like, oh, these both of these guys are equally awesome to me. Oh. Takakesho pushed Endo back to the edge, and then Endo slipped to his left just as Takakesho put his head down and went in for one final push out. Instead of Endo going out, Takakesho, surprisingly, ended up doing this flying belly flop right off the doyo, ending up on his hands and knees on the ground with this look of realization on his face like, I cannot believe what I just did. He looks so disappointed. Yeah, I think he was actually himself. stunned about his location. Oh. Like, How did I land here? But this the- is kind of exactly what happened 
in January with him and Endo, I think. And oh, I don't remember. Yeah, and January you're like so long ago. Like, how does he? <laughs> I don't know. Do the wrestlers remember how they lose? I bet they do. I bet they do. They gotta know that feeling. Yeah, your body must remember. Into the next, yeah, yeah, Basho. The best thing about this fight was honestly the TV coverage because they went from that look on Takakesho's face as he's kneeling on the ground to Terada Fuji with this look of pure pleasure on his face. I'm making that seem bigger than it is, but Terada Fuji, you could see this maybe small amount of pleasure on his face as he was walking out just happy he's got his lead solid again and then they went to endo's face and he was doing that tongue out i'm so whatever that look is on his face where he like wags his tongue out and he's like i'm so proud of myself right now i am the shizzle i am the shizzle that was really the best part of it for me but he performs so well as a disruptor yeah, I don't know why he ebbs and flows the way he does. I want him to continue to just get better and better and be up in Sanyaku all the time. But he seems to be better a little bit lower down. And yeah, he enjoys screwing it up for others. Yeah. I don't know if he enjoys it, but it may be something <laughs> seems, that motivates him. It seems like he really does. Yeah. It's like, I can hang it in my Gashira 8 or whatever he I is. Don't, I don't need to win. I just want to screw it up for you. Yeah. <laughs> It's like uh, Eddie Haskell or something. From Leave it to Beaver? Yeah. I don't remember anything about that guy other than he was just kind of nerdy <laughs> and like in everybody's business. Yeah. <laughs> That's the guy. So at the end of day 13, all Terana Fuji had to do was win one more to clinch the entire U show. There's two days of sumo left, but all he's got to do is win one and he's got it. Okay, the first match I want to talk about is Wakataka Kage, who's having a great basho, mm -hmm. versus Okunomi, who's also having a great basho. And by the way, Okunomi is sitting at Maegashira 12. Wakataka Kage is sitting at Maegashira 1. So the weird part about this was there was a very big Okunomi Mata in the very beginning. He just, they couldn't align, but, you know, Okunomi kind of came out charging. So... Once they got reset, straight off that tachi eye, though, Wakataka Kage gets in low and close with his right arm, forcefully moving Okinoumi back. He uses his entire body to dominate Okinoumi and pushes him over the bales, mostly leading with that powerful right arm force to Okinoumi's belt, just pure pushing out. And I, and I thought the reason why I mentioned the mata in the beginning... is because there was something about that that ignited, I think, Wakataka Kage... Most of the time, if there's a false start, they're just like, oh, okay, okay. But sometimes if they hit a little bit too hard in that false start, the opponent, they don't like that. And it kind of triggers something in them. And I definitely saw that with Wakataka Kage in that, in that bout with Okunoumi. All right, my boyfriend, Takiyasu versus Hoshoryu. This is a great one. It was a nice Big Tachiai, as you would expect, epic strength from Takiyasu, and yet Hoshoryu sort of stopped in place. Takiyasu denies Hoshoryu anywhere inside and eventually steps back and to the side and swats him down real easy. Just complete slapdown style, Hoshoryu hits the dirt. So I always like to see when Takiyasu wins. The bout of the day, though, I mean, I wrote a whole page on this, literally, <laughs> is Indo, who we were just talking about, versus Tadena Fuji. Indo found his fire. 
he doesn't always show it, but in this match, Indo is showing the fire within. He blasts out at the Tachiai and he very admirably meets Terenofuji. Indo immediately gets inside of Terenofuji. He's stuck like glue to his chest. He he pushes back and forth and he's deep under Terenofuji's pits and he's trying to keep Terenofuji away from, you know, his long reach and the inevitable belt grab he's going to get. And this actually works for Indo. He drives Terenofuji backwards now. And just like, again, another one who's like a huge fish on the line, Terenofuji, he tries to get like this beast that is Indo off of him. And Terenofuji is now being pushed back by Endo. He pivots out a tad and changes the angle to like a little less straight on with Endo. Terenofuji has his left arm wrapping up Endo's upper right arm and attempts a throw at the edge. Endo doesn't go for it and is he's completely dead weight for Terenofuji. And Terenofuji, he cannot budge Endo over the bale. So he shuffles back a few steps. He regathers himself and with Endo sort of in a headlock now, he, he tries to maneuver him backwards. That doesn't work either. And now Indo flings his body angle around kind of more center again to be able to leverage himself and his position better, which is uh, still deep and inside of Terenofuji. Indo now <laughs> has gained the deep T-bar grip on Terenofuji's belt. And Terenofuji is now in trouble. And the audience is like, oh, my God, what's happening? Indo. Indo goes for the Sadogake, which is the inside leg trip on Terenofuji. And he looks, though, like he's gonna do it. <laughs> they both go head first into the dirt with Terenofuji's attempt at a Kotanage throw at the edge as well. They both are in beautiful, extended leg splits, like any cheerleader would be jealous of the flexibility from Endo. This bout goes to Terenofuji initially, but there was an immediate challenge, and there should have been, by the shimpan, who, of course, there's an, a monoe. Tenen <laughs> arm hit the dirt first. You weren't kidding. You did write an entire page I on this I did, match. because this was like the match of the whole basho. <laughs> it was so good. So Tenen arm hit the dirt first, but considering, you know, Endo's body position, they were like, well, is this guy more like more dead in the water? Or like, it's hard to tell. Endo's leg, again, his extension was phenomenal. But the decision, though, was reversed because Terenofuji's arm in the slow-mo, it did hit first. And Endo is very, very proud of himself. And Terenofuji is like, he's mad. And this is the <laughs> tongue-out Endo deal. He's very proud of himself. But this was like a match that, yeah, he he was like, oh my gosh, I just screwed this up for Terenofuji by being that disruptor. He, he really, loves he's it. He's like your nephew that plays the Joker card in the card game and loves playing the Joker card every time he has a chance to mess it up for everybody else. That's totally what Endo's like. Well, I think he's just, there's no pressure. I'm sitting at the middle of the pack. I'm Maegashira 8. I'm great. Uh, sometimes I'm off, but I think he ignites when he goes up against the higher ranked guys. Yeah. Like you really see all of Endo in that way. And I think that's what's exciting to him versus going up against people who are lower than him, maybe catches him off guard and maybe he's not as focused because he doesn't want it as bad as he wants to take the big guys out. And this is a perfect example of him being able to take Ted and Fuji out in like the most primo point yep. and high stakes moment. And he did it. Maybe just to prove to himself, I can do it. <laughs> 
I am that good. <laughs> but it was so exciting to watch. And then we got to listen to everybody on the TV go, in the Yeah, it was it was a great match. There was a lot of discussion about the dead body rule after this, and that is one rule I, I still do not understand. I don't understand. I, when I saw it, I was like, Tenofuji's arm went down first. It's just that you don't want that to be true, but it, it's it's true. So he some, hit the ground first. Somebody needs to explain the dead body rule to me in a way that well, I, I think understand it's a, it. that, that they can't recover. You couldn't possibly recover well, from that position. Well, yes, but at what point? <laughs> at what yeah. point does it go from recoverable to non-recoverable? That is what is unclear. There's this whole gray area of Ted when... Fuji was also unrecoverable. He was dead in the water, too. Right. That. They were both going head it's, over heels the, into the dirt. There's a lot about sumo that is not black and white. People, they cite that rule all the time, but I don't know what it really means. It may just be a gray area. Yeah. And that's why there's all those sideline judges who decide as a team who won in their eyes. Yeah. And it might be majority rules. You never know. Maybe. We don't know what's uh, what happens in their little discussions on That's the right. dojo. That's right. All right. So we could have had a winner on day 14, but we did not. We did not. But, because of Endo. But don't we all love how excited? I mean, like we hated it because we loved Ted and Fuji, but we also loved it because things just got, we, even without Hakaho, even without the excitement of Yokozuna, we had a very exciting Basha up to this point. Because now we were set up. For day 15, maximum sumo stress. Because we have one guy in the lead, two guys right after him. So that means if he lost and the other two won, we would have had a three-way playoff. Oh, my God. I don't even know how the rules on that would have happened. We didn't get it. But uh, anyway. But we still got something (laughs) kind of exciting and close. We did. There's a whole lot of great sumo early on in day 15, but let's just get to those last three fights. The ones everyone cares about. Endo met Shodai. Endo had a way better record than Shodai at this point. If Endo could beat Shodai, he would still be in the running for the cup. You could feel every single Japanese woman in the whole entire arena rooting for Endo, like pheromones just well, and all over too. the place. I mean, everybody loves Endo. <sighs> so at the Tachiai, Endo got in low. He took Shodai all the way back to the Tawada. Everyone started to gasp because it looked like Endo was going to do it three days in a row. Shodai was twisting one way, twisting the other like a fish caught on a fishing line. And somehow, somehow, he managed to get Endo on one leg, spun the guy backwards and pushed his chest into Endo's, pushed the guy out with an Oshidashi win. Shodai's win was really wonderful. And Endo should be proud too. Because he had a great record, performed well, was no longer in the running for the U show, though. Right. But he still got a prize. Yes, he did. So that takes us to the last fight of the day. Terano Fuji versus Takakesho. We've been here before. This feels like deja vu, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. If Terano Fuji won this, he would win it all. His second basho in a row. And his first win of his Yokozuna run, the stakes were high. Could he take Takakesho? Could he do it? The rivalry between the two is starting to get to be fun. So immediately, Terunofuji went in for Takakesho's belt. Takatirak saw his chance. He swung away quickly. Terunofuji missed that belt. And Takakesho pulled him to the deck so 
fast. Terra Fuji landed in frog position, which I always notice. This yogi can't help but notice that amazing turnout. And I don't know, Takakesho just like stepped over his legs with that lip held high. He was so, so proud of himself. I know. He's a little tiny pouty mouth. Oh, and I love it. He's just so angry and I love it. I love it. He looked so cool. So what it meant. He also like when he slaps people down, he's like, it looks like a child being like, don't touch me. Take that. Take that. <laughs> and that's what he did to Ted and Fuji, which just shows you how friggin' strong, how much of a beast he is, that a two-handed smackdown could take Ted and Fuji to the ground that quick. Yeah. It was decisive. Yes, it was. So what that meant with Everybody that was win crapping was their pants. Everybody lost their crap. Everybody was like, Wah! People crapping their pants left and right, <laughs> pooping everywhere. <laughs> What it meant is there would be a playoff. So they switched sides. I don't know why, but they switched sides. Don't they do that in like other other sports like football? <laughs> They're like, you have the sun in your eyes? Yeah. Okay, you can take this other side. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, so it's exactly whoever, the same in sumo. Whoever had their sun in the eyes. Had to change position. That's right. So in the rematch... Terna Fuji was much, much more careful. It was a whole different kind of sumo. There was a lot more separation on the second fight than there was on the first. A lot more watching. Terna Fuji thought, you know, this is not a guy to mess with. Yeah, he's like, I don't trust this guy. Yeah, there was a big tachiai, but then there was immediate separation. There were some pushes, some shoves, separation again. I know, it really showed the nerves between these two guys yeah. that they really don't know what to expect from each other. Yeah, they didn't want to get too close. Terna Fuji waited for Takakesho to go for a big push and then... Hitakikome slapped down. He did the Hitake same thing. Yeah, yeah, the same thing in reverse. Truly, officially, Terano Fuji is on his Yokozuna run. All he's got to do is win another Basho in a row and he can become, most likely, Yokozuna. Takakesha went home empty-handed, poor guy. But uh, this rivalry is heating up and looks I to know. be a good one. We'll see what happens. I did not write down who won what prize. I know there was not... A uh, spirit prize this Waka time. Waka Takakage won and, and Endo, Endo. but he I think they, and, I think uh, they both won technique. I don't think anyone took home the spirit prize. I don't know what they. I, I'd have to look it up. I know Endo won like I don't know most congenial. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think most liked by other wrestlers. That that there has to be an award that's just mis, Mr. Congeniality guy and most then likely guys most likely then, to mess it up for everyone else. That would be Endo's prize this time. <laughs> it's awfully hard to put on a trophy. That it, many words. Yeah. Takakesha went home with best pouty look trophy. Yeah. But he looked good. He had a good boss show. And that's exactly what an Ozeki is supposed to do. He's supposed to put the pressure on. He is supposed to he's supposed to have that many wins. They're supposed to always have ten. Yeah. Well, and speaking of ten, Takayasu got ten. Yeah. And so he is looking pretty good for an Ozeki run as well. Well he's, he got ten last time, right? Well, oh, I can't remember if he I got ten he or eleven. So yeah, so he if needs he, three in a row. If he performs, I mean, he's got to get 33 in a row to get his Ozeki status. But he's on his way. He could he potentially could. Yeah. become 
re-promoted to Ozeki in the next Basho. So there's a lot of things, exciting things happening. New guys that'll come up to Sanyaku. Wakatakakage has got to be up in Sanyaku. And we're going to have some space, some other guys leaving Sanyaku. So there's lots of things happening in the Plus Banzuke. they'll be in a new town. I think it'll be a new crowd. It'll be it'll be electric. Oh. Well, all I have to say is this was a great Basho I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it I did heated too. up towards the end. It was great bingo. Congratulations to our winners. We have a very exciting interview this next week. We won't tell you who it's with, but uh, you'll have to check it out. You'll see it all over our social media. And so that is going to be super exciting. So make sure and check that out. Yes. All right. I guess that's it for our style of sumo here at Sumo Kaboom. That's right. Thanks see you for next. listening. Sayonara. Bye. See y'all later. Mm-hmm.